Hello, everyone. Welcome out to this week's episode of the Dual Threat Podcast. I want you all to know before we get diving in today, Scott is probably on a high right now. He just watched his Kansas, not football Jayhawks, but Kansas basketball Jayhawks get a win against Duke. His I, are they your arch enemy? Maybe now that Coach K's gone, they're not as big of your arch enemy. I don't know. Uh, I thought going into this game, I wouldn't hate him as much, but then getting to witness some of their players tonight, no, it, it's still they still very much are so my arch enemy. And I want it on the record that the Kansas basketball Jayhawks beat Duke tonight, along with the Kansas football Jayhawks also beating Duke this year. So, I mean, what more can I ask for, honestly? <laughs> You know, you, you got to be happy right now. Kansas is is starting where they left off last year. That's a good feeling. They've they've got me buzzing. They've got me way too excited for a year that could ultimately lead to disappointment. But right now, I am as high as one can possibly get. Cloud nine. You got to yeah. love being on cloud nine. Nothing like watching Grady Dick put the ball in the hoop. <laughs> got to love Grady Dick putting it in. He really can flush that thing down, can he? He he throws it down hard when he needs to, and he lights it up from deep too. <laughs> Either or doesn't matter where he's at on the floor. Dual threat. Maybe we need Grady Dick on here. He's the real dual threat. <laughs> we absolutely do. Gets it done <laughs> the tagline. Oh, gotta love that. He's he, yep. he gets it done. Well, <laughs> let's dive into the NFL here, Scooter. We got a lot to talk about from this last week. Uh, I'm just gonna say our records here real quick. Both of us went seven and seven last week. Yeah. Yeah. 500 all things considered normally a 7-7 week is like not too pumped film not too pumped coming off that all things considered i'll take 7-7 seven seven in this week yeah it was it was an okay week to be 7-7 seven seven. yeah before we dive in and talk about some headliners and talk about the games from last week i had a trivia question that i had thought of throughout this week and i wanted to ask it to you here hot at the beginning so the trivia to start this week, Scooter, is in the year 2000, Tom Brady's NFL draft. This is how I figured it out. I was looking up his draft. Yeah. There was one quarterback taken in the first round. Okay. I think he was picked at number 15 or 16. I'll have to fact check that. Okay. And before this pick, before the first quarterback was taken in this draft, there was a kicker taken in this draft. Do you know who it is? The kicker? Yes. The kicker was Sebastian. It was none other than Sebastian Janikowski, right? You knew that? Yes. Because <laughs> I knew he was a first round pick. Oh, clap it up. That is incredible. Yeah, I didn't I, realize he was before Chad Pennington, who went 16 to the Jets. I didn't know Chad Pennington was the That shows you my niche, absolute useless knowledge on the <laughs> I knew that Chad Pen Chad Pennington, not that he was a, a first round pick in that draft, but that Sebastian Janikowski was. So well, that's yeah. good. Do you know they also took Shane Leckler in that draft? So both their punter and kicker. All time, all time special. I I mean, I the days of playing Madden, I do remember whenever you'd scroll through the Raiders roster, they'd have two 99 overall players. And it was Leckler and Janikowski <laughs> every year, and nobody else for like. 10 overall spots so yes for sure i have a few other facts from this okay. um penn state had the first two picks in this draft courtney brown went to the cleveland browns love courtney brown great great player have his jersey i'm i'm glad you don't know who that is because i don't remember him 
I loved him on the de- defensive line, offensive line. Yeah, defensive line. Good guess. Okay. Good great. guess. Great, great. And then LeVar Arrington, also okay. a Penn State linebacker. Yeah, linebacker. Okay. He's like, like the Steelers and stuff, right? Um, It shows the Redskins right here. So okay. I don't know if he ended up playing for the Steelers. I can't remember yeah. off the off the cuffs. But yeah. this, this draft had a lot of big-time names that we can think about. Jamal Lewis, Plaxico Burris, Brian yeah. Erlacher. Um, who else was there? Sean Alexander. Oh. There were some big names. And then obviously I, I had never, you always hear about Tom Brady in this draft, but you don't hear about some of these guys and kind of what went on around this draft. There was a lot of really good players that were actually drafted. That's, in this draft. that's what Sean Alexander was in the 2000 NFL draft. Yes. So Sean Alexander, the Seahawks running back, was drafted when, the same year as Brady. <laughs> when, that is that is absurd. When did he win MVP? Like 2006? Yeah, I think it was either 2006 or 2007, one of those years. That is crazy that six years pro as a running back, he won the MVP when like nowadays and NFL running backs are like out of the league or like coming off their prime. Yeah. Just shows you how much the game's changed right there. It's incredible. Just totally wild so that's a 2000 nfl draft class maybe i'll have some more draft class trivia in the future but right then i was shocked about sebastian janikowski being pick number 15 or oh it's pick 17 over chad pennington at 18 regardless couldn't have been should have been higher honestly yeah probably should have been number one over courtney brown Day one starter. I don't even know who Courtney Brown is. I'm not wearing Courtney <laughs> Brown's jersey tonight. I'm wearing Janikowski's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you take us into some of the headliners from last week? Last week, I'm just going to put this out here. There, it was emotionally, mentally draining football week for me. It, there was a lot going on. There was, there were not enough, um, televisions in my own personal home to keep up with everything going on that's for sure it was a bad day for my fox news app to not work because i was trying to watch vikings bills most of the day i just had to end up watching like it on my phone because that's the only way it worked and that game was obviously i that's probably where we want to start um kirk thuggins is what you've written down here. That's all. really much all we need to say, right? Is it Kirk Thug- Thuggins that we should be giving the props to, or is it uh, the gritty meister himself, Justin Jefferson? Um, I I want to highlight Kurt Thuggins because in the first half he did not look good. In the he, nope. they had us in the first half. He really did. He really did. But in the second half, he came back around. Yeah, a- another guy who's I I would say Matt Ryan is Kurt Cousins adjacent these days like similar player profile what i'm expecting from them kirk cousins been a little bit better this year obviously um matt ryan was back in action this week for his boy jeff saturday even showed off the wheels a little bit a 40 yard scramble (laughs) by matt ryan turning back the clock who's faster matt ryan or justin fields I did see Matt Ryan reach 17 miles per hour on that. Holy shiz, that is freaking fast. I know. I know. And I saw a stat that it was faster than any, any um, miles per hour that Michael Pittman, his star wide receiver had run the whole game. So I was was like, well, Matt Ryan still got the wheels. A couple other like sad notes um, that we probably just need to get into. Number one, Cooper cup. Um, pretty much last year's 
overall MVP, in my opinion, and the Super Bowl MVP. He um has to have ankle surgery now because of a high ankle sprain. It was I don't know if you saw the play he got injured on, but it was just like textbook like yikes, John Wolford throwing up there like hospital ball, and it was just kind of an unfortunate event for Cooper Cup, and we lose probably like. I don't know, one of the top five most exciting players to watch any given Sunday. So that's a that's a huge bummer, even though he plays for a, a not-so-favorite team of mine. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Pretty much declaring the Rams officially dead, correct? Uh, no, Allen Robinson is alive and ready to go for Matt Stafford. It's going to be a big week for him. <laughs> I've always said this. Cooper Cup has just been stealing the spotlight from Ben Skoranek. So now Ben... <laughs> Ben can finally get the shine he needs to be the real Cooper Cup. Let Ben feast. Yes, let's do it. Um, lastly, just a crazy stat I wanted to share with you. The Giants, the New York football Giants, the G-Men, who are now 7-2 and two somehow after being the Texans. This week, they finally had their first double-digit lead all year <laughs> long. They have seven wins, Hagen seven of them and they had not had a double digit lead until this game and they had it only for like three minutes can can we make predictions on next year already (laughs) you know what the you know what the raiders are doing this year where they had like magic in a bottle last year like somehow squeaked into the playoffs yeah i feel like the giants are gonna be like two and 15 next year yeah, that could could very well happen. I I just I really don't know how they're doing it. They win every game the exact same way in the most disturbing fashion, which leads right into my next point is that another team does that. They're just the purple version of the Giants and that's that's the the Minnesota Vikings. They win every single game the exact same way, Hig. Um and and who do we credit that to? <laughs> on the vikings yes because like <laughs> there's only one man who deserves that credit right um dalvin cook <laughs> no no um adam thielen yeah, hooked on a thielen i mean kirk cousins is solely responsible in my eyes for being the reason why the vikings can not only elevate themselves above like the rest of the competition whenever they play, like they win every game the exact same way where they start out really hot. They can't like ever put the game away. They let teams hang around or they, they come from behind. It's literally always a close game with them. Like they just, I think they're incapable of blowing teams out. And that just goes like Kirk cousins. Just, he just almost plays to his competition. In my opinion, it's, it's really interesting to watch because you watch the Vikings just struggle and then all of a sudden they just start scoring points. Whether it was that Dalvin Cook huge run. Yeah, 81-yard touchdown run, get him back in the game. Sparked, it felt like that was the spark. And then Kirk Cousins just felt like he really couldn't miss. Like he was just throwing balls up half the time. And I was like, how is that even a completion? How is that not intercepted? How is that? even somewhere in someone's vicinity right now. All I know is there were some all-time bad interceptions in this game. Like the the interception, the, Josh Allen's first interception, Kirk Cousins' first interception, where he like looked across the field, yes. he was on his third progression, and then all of a sudden I think he just saw a blur of a player and he's like, oh, there's my guy. And it was absolutely not. It was a Bills player. Well, he was looking to the right and then yeah. Jefferson and Thielen were both on the left. Thielen yeah. in the flat, 
Jefferson had ran like a, a button hook and yeah. he threw it in between both of them. It was incredible. <laughs> Just absolutely drilled the the midpoint between both of them. You're right. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was a play where Kirk Cousins had his arm getting hit and he still like completed a pass though. And I was like, how did he do this? Like he threw like this horrible interception and then late in the game when like the game was on the line, his arm was like being pulled back and he just like flicked his wrist and just perfectly to somebody. I was like, what is, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Here's my problem with the Vikings is we've only seen them once in prime time. And that was when they just got absolutely obliterated by the Eagles from Mm -hmm. the go. And I I need a uh, a primetime game from them like I like I need air right now and we're not gonna get it till they play next Sunday night against your Patriots and hey if if the Vikings don't lose to the Cowboys this this upcoming week I really need your Patriots to stomp on them because I I'm I'm just so confused by them like I don't know where where to approach any of this with them I'm so lost about the Vikings and you have. You're noted Vikings backer this year. Yes, yes, I am team uh, Justin Jefferson, at least. I, I said he was going to have a historic year, maybe have 2,000 receiving yards. Turns out it won't be him. It'll be Tyreek Hill. But in this game alone, Justin Jefferson was just li- w- was literally the definition of unguardable. Like, it was as, as absurd of a game from a wide receiver I can remember in a long time. Like it must have been, we didn't get to watch Jerry Rice really growing up. We were too young, but this must have just been what it was like with Jerry Rice. We're just like the guy, like you can just throw it to him anytime, no matter what the coverage is like. I, I think about that fourth down play. I'm trying to remember who the defensive back was that Justin Jefferson, like caught it with him and then just basically took it. The corner, the defensive back easily could have just swatted that. It was a fourth down. Just swat that thing away. Go home with the win. But Justin Jefferson just put his hand up. Oh, it's kind of like a a new age Odell catch for us, right? It's it's it puts that one to shame, in my opinion. We talk about the Odell one so much, but it literally should just be the new standard. Like he literally mossed this guy like he was trying to rob it was like he robbed a home run ball yeah actually from like three fans and he did it on fourth and 18 nonetheless too shouldn't have ever been completed no no but the guy is is absurd he's spider-man so i i he's he's incredible to watch he make it makes it like fun watching the vikings with it because it's not fun watching kirk cousins like I'll, i'll say it like i don't i don't mind him I think he's a nice guy. I've listened to him in interviews, but I don't really enjoy watching him. But just I could watch Justin Jefferson play football every day of the week. Yeah, Justin or Kirk Cousins is just kind of bland. Like sometimes you want like a salsa with a little bit of spice. He's the most <laughs> mild salsa you can get, which is good sometimes. He's just tomatoes and garlic and onion. <laughs> and onion. A little bit of onion, not too much onion though. No, just some salt too. What do we what do we make of the Bills? Where how do we feel about them now coming up back to back losses? Um, I was really impressed with their run game to start. Definitely impressed with that. I think this was on Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, and and even the last game against the Jets, I think, was on Josh Allen, and he's on every single one of my fantasy teams. 
I am a Josh Allen backer. Yeah. And I think it's just on Josh Allen. He had too many mistakes. And when the whole offense basically runs through you, you can't be, you know, fumbling a snap on the one yard line, giving the Vikings a touchdown. Like worst case scenario there, you were up by five points at that point or six or four. I can't remember. They were up by more than two points. He could have dropped back for safety, rolled out and had a safety and given the Vikings 40 seconds to score, 50 seconds to score. I think they were up. I think they were up uh, four. I think four, four or five is, is what's ringing in my head. It was 33 to 30. Oh no. Cause they, Oh, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't, who matter. knows, who knows? It doesn't matter. We're not, <laughs> we're not, not good at math. You no, know, we're not score experts. All right. We don't work in math fields. No, um, I have, I have a crazy stat for you to go because we haven't even talked about the most absurd part of the game, which is the back to back goal line QB sneaks which was just the most absurd situation in the entire world. That was the first go-ahead defensive touchdown with under a minute left in an NFL game since 1978. What? Yes, since the original miracle in the Meadowlands when Herm Edwards of the Eagles stole the ball and scored a touchdown to give them the win. No way. 1970 is the first time that's happened and. Wait, tell that stat to me again. Let me hear that one again. First, first go-ahead defensive touchdown with under a minute left since 1978. Good that is heavens. Courtesy of the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Berman. For, for oh, that. you know it's real then. Yeah, oh you yeah. Boomer Boomer lock, keeps it locked down. Wow. Um, also, another crazy stat. Bills not had a second-half touchdown since the Chiefs game. Really? Yes. You know what I've been shocked about with the Bills that I thought would be much better this year? Their red zone offense. Not good. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen is like, he's kind of, he, like open field situations, he's probably the best quarterback in the game. The only one that compares is Mahomes and Lamar. Um, just because of like the way he sees the field and his ability to make plays with his feet. But when the field shrinks and like he doesn't have as much space to operate with, it, he he really becomes even more of a loose cannon and just like it seems like he did his brain just like short circuits sometimes he's thrown some of the worst interceptions i've seen of anybody this year here's here's what i want I, you to i've got i've got some homework for you here scooter yeah find out the red zone um conversion percentage for the bills from last year to this year and okay. what the difference is there I because i feel like last year I thought they were actually very good in the red zone where now this year, I feel like they're way worse. Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, I think were the two best red zone quarterbacks last year. Um, Okay. Absolutely changed as in terms of red zone scoring. I'll look that up right now. I, I always thought for me last year, it was if Lamar and Josh Allen get into the red zone, it's an automatic touchdown basically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very shocked at the way they are performing in the red zone this year and that's got to be huge in terms of saying like how many points they haven't scored how many points they've left on the table in the red zone okay so you're spot on i've got it here for you right here 2021 buffalo was 67 or 66 percent of the time they scored a touchdown in the red zone um that was first in the nfl 2022 
they are at 53% for 21st in the NFL. Wow. That's yeah. a pretty big drop off. <laughs> yep. So your hunch is completely right. Okay. Well, good hunches. We like those hunches. Yep. Cool. Uh, I we could talk about this game honestly forever, but yeah, I, yeah. There were I like you. Do you feel like it was the game of the year? Like everybody's calling it. I feel like it was just so chaotic that I don't even know what to make of it. I know when we were texting about it, I said this reminds me of the Chiefs Bills game. Yeah. But you also said it's not as clean. And I was like, yeah, not as clean, but it's as exciting. I think it was as fun as the Chiefs yes. game in a way to where it was just like absolutely pure WTF is going on the whole the whole game. This the is whole, whole fourth quarter. This is Minnesota's version of the Chiefs versus Bills game. Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. So right. Well, let's let's move on. We got a couple more games we can cover here. Yeah. How about the Seahawks versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Mm. Were, you up in... were you oh. up early grinding the tape? I know you were. I was up. If Tom Brady's on, I'm I'm probably watching. As a former lover, I gotta check to see what he's doing out there. Tom Brady and and an international game, like there's no way you were missing that game. And not even international in London, in Germany. I had to be watching at the Allianz Arena. I was I was on it. What time of the day would, would it have to be for you not to watch it? There probably isn't a time on the clock that you wouldn't have watched. Mm, maybe like 2 a.m. That's that's my sweet spot where I'm really I'm really asleep. That's where you're hitting your REMs. Yeah. Yeah. Michael. OK, because like I, if it was one one a.m., I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll just stay up past midnight. Watch it. But two, that's that's pushing it for me. Yeah. So people are asking I, I, I said last week, it was kind of a springboard game. Whoever wins that Rams-Bucks game maybe can get some momentum. People are asking now, are the Bucks back? They're officially 5-5 five and five in in first in the NFC South. Where where does this leave them? Um, I mean, right now, Scott, tell me the quarterbacks that Tom Brady would go through in the playoffs right now. As As the standings are standing, who are the top four seeds in the NFC? You have the Vikings. You got Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, and the fourth quarterback would be Geno Smith, who he just beat. And are you looking at me and telling me Tom Brady is worried about any of those guys? Like, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he has potential. But is Tom Brady really like, oh, man, this is a big time sleet I got to go through? I hate how good of a point that is, Hag. I hate that that is just so true. That's that's infuriating. (laughs) That's so annoying. And I, then, and then the rest of the the playoff quarterbacks are Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's what I like to hear right there. Oh my goodness, unbelievable! I I was trying to spark up like a potential trade for Tom Brady this year because I was like, you know, maybe since he's divorced now, he won't want to live in Florida. Maybe he'll go back to the West Coast. Maybe the Raiders. Because, you know, the Raiders West Coast, he'd have a young coach, Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams. Yeah. And I was like, why would he leave the NFC at this point? When, why would you leave the NFC? No, no, you're right. He wouldn't. Um, that's that's me stay, saying the Buccaneers are back enough to win the NFC South. Yeah, that, that I mean, that we, we pretty much knew all along that's what was going to happen. But it is crazy that, like, everyone kind of just declared them dead and. 
we'll see. We'll see if they've got uh, juice left in them to make it like a big run, but they'll they'll for sure win the NFC South regardless. I, I think so. How how did you feel about the Seahawks performance as our notable NFC West expert analyst? You know, uh, Woolen almost had that interception over Tom Brady. That was a big time one. Brady almost mossed him, but he slipped. Big time play. Yeah. If Brady didn't slip, people are wondering if, 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 yeah, how that would have ended up differently. Um, so I predicted the Seahawks to win actually, because they've been playing, they play really well away from home in terms of like offensive production. And they looked like how I expected the Seahawks coming into this season. So that was refreshing to see again, I guess. Um, the only other stat I have about this is we need to congrat congratulate Tom Brady um, because he now has the most passing yards of anyone on international grounds, um, taking the throne from none other than Blake Bortles. So <laughs> RIP to our boy, Blake Bortles. It's tough to see him lose that one, but I guess, I guess if you're going to lose it to anyone, it's probably going to be Brady. Yeah. If you're going to be second in any stat, Brady's a good guy to be behind. Yep, it's true. Did speaking of international games, did you see that the NFL is expanding to have potentially games in France and Spain? I did see that as well. I did see it. Hey, watch out for that NFL Europe division. If people don't buy stock in the NFL like we told them to, there's nothing. I mean, we we tried to tell the people. Hey, we've got this insider information. I'm I'm speaking with Goodell's minions right now, just trying to figure out what they're what they're willing to leak to us. So we'll try to get some more information there. Uh, yeah, we have to. We have got to. to. How about? Do you have anything to say about Lions Bears besides it was a one point win? <laughs> no, just that Justin Fields is really fun to watch. That's all. That's all I'll say. He he is what. Hopefully he can become what Michael Vick was to us for the younger generation. I didn't even think about that. That would be incredible. Because we had Michael Vick and it was, he was literally just like, just this, like just this godly legend, like at least on Madden and stuff like that. Um, And when he was a cheat code in real life too, but. Oh yeah. Anyway, just hope Justin Fields keeps, keeps developing. I really like the guy. Okay, I like that. I like him too. I'm a big Justin Fields guy, Ohio State. Let's go. Um, how about the Cowboys versus Packers? So the the main slate of games that were on were based for me were the Bills, Vikings, Cowboys, Packers, and the Commanders versus Eagles, along with the Chargers versus Niners, which we won't talk about. Yeah. But this Cowboys versus Packers game, it had me all sorts of emotional as well. I yeah. I just felt like the Packers didn't have it in them, but somehow they pulled it out. I mean, it looked like Rogers finally for once had a receiver he could trust for this whole year long. And I don't know what like the the switch that flipped for him, but it was it was pretty vintage Aaron Rodgers, just throwing deep balls and having guys making plays for him. Christian Watson looked pretty dang good. Did they have the bye week last week? Did he go down to Peru and get some ayahuasca and <laughs> and really revive himself? He they did not have the bye week. They were playing. They they were losing to the Lions last oh, week. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. And, which is when I had officially written Aaron Rodgers off, and then of course he pulls the two touchdown comeback and win in overtime, off instead. Do you think he he will? I mean, because you know everyone was saying Alien Lizard was going to be the main wide receiver this year. 
do you really think he'll stick with some of these younger guys and keep targeting these younger guys or, or what is he going to do? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he like has enjoyed playing with them by any means, but there's a lot of football left to be played and things can change really quickly. So, okay. How about, how about the fact that they just, I, I, I don't credit this win to Aaron Rodgers per se. I credit it more to the running t- game. How did yeah. you feel about that Cowboys defense against the running game? Honestly, looks at least a little bit vulnerable at times when I was able to like Aaron Jones sprung a few different big, big runs throughout the second half, especially um, that just as legitimately the first, was this the most points the Cowboys have given up all year? I'm assuming so. I, I can't couldn't tell you off the top of my head. It was just the first time I've been like, wow, the Cowboys are actually like giving up giving up some big scores. I I've just have not been used to them doing that all year long. Um, the second most points they gave them up was the Bears, which was the week before, and that was 29 points. Wow. So, and that was because they had scored 50 points or whatever already. So, yeah, this yeah. is definitely their worst defensive game all year long. That's incredible. Yeah. Good so, knowledge there. Yeah. Take it I, as you wish. I think the Cowboys – we'll talk about the Cowboys more in, in the next uh, next part of the segment. But oh, yeah. On the back half, we'll get them. So let's finish off with that Monday night game, Commanders versus Eagles. A lot of people were thinking the Eagles would go undefeated. Um, the Commanders, they don't have Chase Young, who's potentially their best player. They don't have Carson Wentz, who is their starting quarterback at the year, uh, the year start. So how did you feel about this game? What were some of the insights you took out of this one? apparently the Ewing theory is back in action because when MVP Carson Wentz comes out, the team plays better is what I'm <laughs> But honestly, I'm shaking my game, head at that. Yeah. The whole game was literally a masterclass on how to like win as an underdog in the NFL, like the ball security, the ball control, like of time of possession by the commanders was absurd. It looked like an, it didn't look like a commander's team at all. It looked really looked like the prime, like the 2019 49ers who could just drain the clock the entire game and their defense would get the offense off. The, like their defense looks so good now, all of a sudden, even without Chase Young and Taylor Heineke, man, he, I, every week I watch him, I just love him more and more. He's such a joy to watch. The commanders this year, I think it was week four that they switched over to just yeah. rushing only four guys. Yeah. which they have the best front line in the game. Why bring anyone else? That's true. And, and once Chase Young comes back, that could be even more ruthless. But I I don't know. I think we got to experience some of the Taylor Heineke magic that we always talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of that came out this last week, and it was just awesome to see. Like that roughing the passer call. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's just things where I'm like, this would only happen to Taylor Heineke. There, are, yeah. There's no one else I could see this happening to. But then he's throwing dimes to Terry McLaurin, too. Like the, the yes. dimes on the sideline. He is just, he's most of the time he's on only on NFL Sunday ticket because no one wants to watch the Commanders. But we need more Taylor Heineke primetime games, man. He is, it's, it's something, it will always be exciting to watch. It's it's just hilarious. And it was it was interesting to see the Eagles finally have like, some unfortunate things go their way last night. Like they had 
as many turnovers in this game on Monday night as they had all season long up to that point. They had the unfortunate Quez Watkins fumble. They had the Goddard fumble where he was getting face masked as well. It was just kind of like, wow, the Eagles, like the, the, the luck factor for the Eagles is kind of turning. You know what I want to see? My last thing about this game, I would love to see Kirk Cousins and Taylor Heineke in primetime. See what mess that would make. Gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what where to begin. Like, I'm betting hard money on the commanders there, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, at yeah. The same, at the same time, like, yeah. What is, is like the Heineke effect? Does it throw a throw a bug in the algorithm or something like that of Kirk Cousins, too? I don't know. I I have no idea. There's got to be some sort of juju that goes on with that. Yeah, 100%. Well, good. That wraps up this last week. A lot of fun games, a lot of points scored, a lot of different ideas about this week that happened that I didn't think was going to happen. I'm guessing you as well. But how about your MVP and sleeper from last week? How did they perform, Scooter? I was hoping we could just skip this this once again this week. This is uh, Tyreek Hill is who I took, and he had his worst week of the season. That's all I need to say. Slowly becoming your best segment right here. Yeah, I think he's he's he scored 15 fantasy points. The guy's averaging about 30 a game though. So yeah, it's not his best season, not his best week. And DJ Moore had about like eight fantasy points too. So so it was a refresher this week is where I did just I did bad on both picks, not just one. Hey, yeah. you're doubling down now. I like that. There we go. How about me? <laughs> there you go. I, I had Justin Fields, which was yeah. uh, Back to back, the pick of the week for Justin Fields, pick of the week, probably. Hopefully you wrote him in DraftKings if you're on DraftKings. And then I took Jacoby Brissett. Not good. He started off with a touchdown to Amari Cooper and then just basically nothing after that. Yeah, the the that game was kind of a stinker. And so at least no one was watching to see that it, it's not like he played that bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so we I made it through. I made it through. I'm okay with Justin Fields in that. Could could have been worse. How about your highlight from this week? What was the most like memorable thing or like the best thing that happened for you this week? Well, we already talked about the Justin Jefferson catch, but that was definitely one of them. I'm gonna go with we didn't talk about any of it from the 49ers game, anything of the 49ers game, but I was trying to think of even a highlight. That game was kind of boring, wasn't it? Um yeah (laughs) i was trying to think back on that game this morning and i was like i really like there was nothing special for me about that game i mean the the talano hafanga interception at the end of the game was was incredibly athletic so i'll give him that yeah i'm trying to even think of i mean i i have even gone back and watched the highlights and i still am struggling (laughs) to remember what happened that's how good of a game it was well, I'll, I'll give mine. You take your second yeah. to okay. think. No, no, it was oh. Jimmy G. It absolutely was this. I don't know why it escaped me. It was Jimmy G throwing the best dime ball on the run I've ever seen in my life. It was to Rayleigh. It was for 20 yards, but it was it was on the <laughs> run. I've never seen him complete a pass on the run. The refs threw a flag, and I thought they were going to be like, nope, that's illegal. Jimmy G's not allowed to make throws on the run. That Can't complete. get out of the pocket. Yeah, yeah. So, And it was it was the best throw I've ever seen him make, so. Anyway, that's my that's my highlight of the week, Jimmy G. Okay, good. You know, he's on the tree this year. He's on the tree. He's back yeah. there. I was gonna say the Patriots uh, moving into the playoffs during the bye week was probably yeah. mine, but I'm actually gonna just stick with Taylor Heineke 
Yeah. We talked about him. That dude is just magical for me. I love him. Put him in a Shakespeare play too on that last play of the, of the <laughs> game. Honestly, an incredible acting job by him. We need that. We need that. Well, let's yeah. go to a quick break here, Scooter. On the flip side, we'll be doing our pick sixes and talking about some other fun stuff. So stay tuned. Welcome back to this backside on the flippity flip flop, skip scop. Scooter, why don't we start with our picks for this week? I have not gone and made mine. That is that is a big problem. So I'm <laughs> going to be going a little bit on the cusp. I, I'm sure I know which teams I'm going to take as I'm looking at these. Probably. But, but I have not gone and made my full picks yet. So who knows how that will go down. But let's start off with the Packers going into Tennessee to face the Titans. The Titans this year have, and in recent history, have been a very physical team. You know, kind of like to wear you down, try to stay in a close game. And I feel like that's what the Packers are going to want to do this this year, essentially. They want to kind of wear you down. They want to be in close games with you. They don't want to let you score a lot. So what are some of your thoughts and feelings about this game? Well, this wouldn't have been a game I would have chosen to talk about um, prior to Sunday, um, just based on... (laughs) what happened in both of these teams game. I thought like we already talked about the Packers, but on the Tennessee side of things, I mean, Ryan Tannehill coming back was a much bigger boost than I anticipated. He actually looked good versus like the Broncos defense, which is like a top three defense in my opinion. And it really did seem like it was like, okay, Ryan Tannehill might, maybe he was just like injured or whatever it was and needed some time off. Um, and so it, it all really depends on like, can each of these quarterbacks, so can they depend on the young wide receivers that they have to step up and actually make plays? And I'm not, I'm not really sure. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the the Packers just because I feel like they kind of have more to gain from winning this game in a sense. Yeah. I, and I think in the AFC South where the Titans are, I, I don't think they're, clearly ahead in terms of winning record they shouldn't be like settled with where they're at they shouldn't be happy two game lead it seems insurmountable in the nfc afc south (laughs) i i still wouldn't be happy with it i wouldn't be content with it yeah but they're going into lambo this is green bay's area where if green bay ever gets a win it always feels like yep in lambo it's pretty much an automatic win yep but for me I, I'm sitting here, and I think I'm taking the Titans. Okay. I think Derrick Henry's ground-and-pound run game in the cold, Ryan Tannehill kind of leading that offense, and maybe not you know, super great passing, super great running from Tannehill, but just leading that offense and being a leader will be able to handle the the weather, the people, whatever it may be up in Green Bay, I think they handle it because of Tannehill and Derrick Henry this week. You're not you're not saying all those big old Wisconsin boys, cheese boys are going to get to Ryan Tannehill? Oh, those cheese boys are going to get to him. They'll probably pound a few beers with him before. Probably. probably. It's, and that will help him. <laughs> Maybe. I guess we'll see. Um, it is Thursday night. Uh Three points is the line. Green Bay's favored Ooh. by 
Um, the over under is forty one as well. Not expecting, <laughs> not expecting many fireworks in this game, which is Thursday night football as well. So, I would automatically uh, subtract like ten points from that line as well. So my Scott Gill's over under is thirty one. Wow. Yeah. I, I personally am going to smash that over. Okay. I we just saw the Packers score quite a few points. Yeah. We saw Tennessee score a decent amount of points. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Okay. Over 31, I would take over 31. You're right. (laughs) I would smash. I would 100% smash over 31. Yeah. 41, that's where it gets a little bit tighter. But we're we're flipped on this. So Thursday night, Amazon Prime, we're going to see if this actually ends up being a good game. I, we've had a couple of good games on Thursday night. Last week's wasn't the best, but mm. whatever. Hopefully this one's better. Let's talk about another game here, Scooter. How about we talk about your team? My team against the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Patriots are hosting the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets in <laughs> Foxborough this week. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to let you just take it away. I just want to, I'm just here to be a fly on the wall. So it's a solo podcast here for the next five minutes. Both teams are coming off a bye. Yep. Zach Wilson, historically not good against Belichick and recently not really good. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta go with my gut. The Patriots seem to me, the Patriots right now seem like they are the best defense in the league. Matthew Judon has been on fire. They're getting a lot of production out of a lot of players that most people haven't heard of. And I think they're doing their best to keep this team in with playoff hopes while Mac Jones goes through this struggle. And and I don't know if Josh McDaniels gets fired. They would bring him back instantly. I'm 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 fairly positive just because of Mac Jones's regression. They need yeah. a, a basically a QB coach in New England, whether that's Jordan Palmer, uh, whether that's uh, Dan Orlovsky. I don't care. As long as it's someone that would really relate with Mac Jones, they need it. But I think the defense for the New England Patriots right now is going to do their best to carry them to a playoff hope. And this week they get the win against the Jets. Yeah. I'll say this, um, this, this game, if the Jets were to win this game, it would be, if, if the Jets beating the Bills was a 10 out of 10 on the shock meter, this game would be, if, if the Jets beat the Patriots, it would be a 9.5 for me on the shock meter. Just given like the historical disparity between these two teams let alone Zach Wilson's struggles versus the Patriots, which have been well-documented. Um, it, it would be shocking, which is crazy because the line for this game is three points for the Patriots, only three. <laughs> yeah. The Jets have been much higher underdogs. Um, at I'm many smashing that over. At many different times. Well, you're going to want to hear another line that you want, might want to smash the over on. Over under 38 and a half points. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. I bet both defenses will will score that many points. Yeah, yeah, very well could. 
Um, yeah, the, the prop I'd want to look into is will the defenses score more points than the offenses? I, I would like to look at that prop too. Yeah, it could very well happen. Um, I know Mac Jones is going to be good for at least interception. You know, Zach Wilson's good for one or two for sure as well. Um, and I don't know, 38 and a half seems high to me, Hague. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Maybe Sauce Gardner gets scored on this week. Maybe one of those burners on the Patriots takes it <laughs> out. Um, maybe that big arm is Mac Jones. I I will also be taking the Patriots. I it's not that I don't believe in Zach Wilson or the Jets. It's more so just I, I need like almost five to ten years of evidence of the Jets beating the Patriots. Like maybe 20 to 30 times in a row before I ever fully start to believe that the Jets can beat the Patriots. That's or like how far I am in this like state of mind. That I just It's just not physically possible to me. Or like Bill Belichick needs to leave. And then it's like, okay, yeah, the Jets can finally win. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because he hasn't switched with Tom Brady yet. And I don't know. So. Okay. Yeah. Good analysis. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that. Both of us are going with the Patriots. We're diving deep. I have, there's a, we didn't talk about this game. We didn't talk about doing this game, but I want to do it. Okay. And that is the Denver Broncos hosting the LA, or not LA Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to talk about this because this is the shiz show of the week. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know what to make of these teams, Scott. I know I'm going off the cusp here from what we talked about, but I I have no idea what to make of these teams. The Raiders, Devontae Adams, and Derek Carr both called out their teammates this week while yeah. still backing Josh McDaniels. The Broncos, uh, their defense has looked good, but obviously Russell Wilson has not looked good over the course of this year. I, I, I don't think we need to pick this right now. I, I am just... So Raiders. baffled at how bad these teams have been so far. Uh, yeah, as as someone who had a conversation with you about how the AFC West could potentially get four teams in the playoffs to start this year, it it's getting to the point where they might be lucky to get two in. Yes, I I think it would be very lucky at this point to get two in. The Chargers yeah. have not performed up to what they thought we thought they were going to be. The Raiders obviously have very well underperformed what even most people thought they would be. And then yeah. the Broncos as well. I I this is a shiz show. Maybe this is a turning point for whichever team wins this game. And maybe this is a get right game for them, but I don't feel like it. I just I think it needs to be talked about that these two teams were expected to be at least fairly decent teams, and they have both just been in the shizzer. Yeah, it's it's hard to think about the um when we've had Big Black on. I just feel for him in terms of like the high that the Broncos fans were coming into this year that they were on, like they had so much such high hopes for what the the future, the next few years would look like for them. Like has the team's hopes been completely dashed for their franchise's future more than the Broncos this year? No. Okay. Yeah. I I not even just this year, I feel like in recent memory for me, like whenever yeah. there's been a blockbuster quarterback move, it's been 
a good thing for that team that got that quarterback. Yeah. I it's it's pretty shocking. Um uh, I will personally be picking the Broncos because I feel like they have less incentive to tank at this point. Uh, so I will be taking them and their defense even though Jerry Judy's hurt again which really sucks. Just that poor guy can't stay on the field. Um I'll be taking the Denver Broncos. I I last week in my picks said I'm taking the Raiders. This may be the last time, especially if they let me down against Indianapolis. I am going on record right now. I will not be taking the Raiders the rest of the year. I am going with the Broncos. I can't wait to see when you take the Raiders next. Let's see. They play. (laughs) I'm just going to go pencil in right now. Every team they play against. I don't care who it is. I got to pencil it in. How they play the Rams, the Chargers. (laughs) Packers. Yeah, okay. Steelers, I think week 16 might be, you might be back. Well, they play the Patriots week 15 in Vegas. Oh, I might be making a Vegas trip. It's Vegas. Oh, yeah, they play the Niners week 17. We might, you might be making a San Francisco trip. (laughs) I will not be making the, the New Year's Day trip. I already looked into tickets and I wouldn't be able to afford having a child anymore. Welcome to the life. Welcome to the life of the Raiders. Well, that's talking Raiders, talking Broncos. Let's get back to the real games here, Scooter. The Cowboys versus the Vikings. Cowboys coming off that big loss to the Packers, probably where they shouldn't have lost, but they ended up losing. I I think they personally shouldn't have lost. They basically, in my opinion, gave the game to the Packers. And the Vikings coming off that big win against the Bills. Is this a letdown point for the Vikings? Yeah, it's it's literally, I think if you looked in the, the textbook right now, you would, if you looked under emotional letdown spot, you would see just Kirk Cousins' face um, here in <laughs> 11 of 2022. Um, I, I, I did research last week, if you remember, about how the Vikings were doing what they were doing, how they were somehow 7-1. and one. Well, they're now 8-1, and one, so I had to do more research. And the only thing I could find this week was that the Vikings – if I, I kind of bear, I kind of tipped you off to this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The Vikings are second in the NFL in takeaways, which is pretty absurd to me. They have, are you they serious? Have, they have forced the second most takeaways in the NFL. That doesn't seem real. Yeah. Who, that does who, not seem like it should be real. Who do you think is first? Oh, who do I think is first in takeaways? Yep. Um, I would guess the Eagles. You were right. Okay. Good guess. Hey, hey, clap it up for me. So apparently, yeah, I'm I'm clapping up. Put that on the record. Um, yeah. So that and their their turn their differential I think is like plus thirteen, um, which was also around where the Eagles was as well. So, where what that goes to show to me is, you want to be a good team get some takeaways i i have a question do you see um whether they're fumbles or interceptions or what the turnovers are what are we seeing for both of those teams there yeah they the the takeaways they have 10 interceptions eight fumbles how about for the eagles eagles is 13 interceptions seven fumbles okay yeah 13 interceptions seems right for some reason i can't picture the vikings getting 10 interceptions 
they don't really seem like a team that forces a lot of takeaways, right? They don't seem like they have those like ball hawks. I'll look. I'll, let me go look at their, uh, um, at their roster and what their stats are of who's making the most plays for them. But off the top of my head, all I can think of is like Harrison Smith in the secondary. But let's see. Patrick Peterson got one against Josh Allen. Yeah, two. I think two. Last. Yeah, two. I think you're right. Yeah. So Harrison Smith has four interceptions. Patrick Peterson now has three. So they have seven of the 10 just between those two. Yep. Three other guys have one. And uh, and both of those guys have to be over 45 years old, somehow still playing <laughs> in the league. <laughs> They're savvy vets. All right. Hey, let's not, let's not slander them too hard. Savvy vets is what we're going to go with. <laughs> okay. Savvy vets, not over, not the over 45 year old category yet. Harrison Smith might be. Let's, let's go check it. He's 33. Oh, that's not bad. I thought he was way older. <laughs> Patrick Peterson is 32. Wow. <laughs> You're kidding I'm with, me. I'm with you. I would have expected closer to 35, 36 from both of them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, with this game, this just feels like the, like Cowboys coming off an emotional loss. Vikings coming off an emotional win. This this more seems like the universe is just going to realign itself. The Cowboys are going to go to Minnesota and win this game, in my opinion. Okay, I I agree with you there. I am taking the Cowboys along the lines of Kirk Cousins will be getting a lot of pressure, I'm sure, from this Cowboys team. Yes. Uh, not from the media, but from the Cowboys defensive line, whether that be Micah Parsons or... Uh, who whoever's really pressuring him from the other side. I, I'm trying to remember what's his name. Uh, Lawrence. Yep. So whether that is or whether Trayvon Diggs can get a couple of interceptions, he might allow Justin Jefferson or whoever he's guarding at that point to get a couple of yards or a ton of yards, but he could force a couple of interceptions on on Kirk Thuggins. I think Trayvon Diggs. This is like the perfect game. The, like the matchup for him because you know he's already going to give up plays and you know you're not going to ever shut down Justin Jefferson so you might as well get a guy who can like capitalize on the stupid mistakes Kirk Cousins is going to make as well like he's the perfect boomer best player you're gonna you already know going in like Justin Jefferson's gonna have his game let's get a guy who can at least like make a few plays and I I fully believe Trayvon Diggs to also I expect him to make a player too that will change the tide of the game Hey, we're we're feeling good. We're matching up on that game. That is not good. If you're <laughs> if you're listening to this, go bet on the Vikings right now because that is not good when we line up. Nine and one Vikings. That just doesn't seem possible, Egg. Uh it's it's almost feels as impossible as the six and three Jets, but here we are. If if the Vikings get to nine and one, that means they're gonna have to lose seven straight for them to be nine and eight, which is right around where Kirk Cousins has to finish. <laughs> equilibrium he is constantly sustained in his life. Yeah, he he can't be over like seven hundred fifty percent, right? Like, what's his best record in his NFL career? A lot of a lot of stats questions. I I feel like he probably had his best record with the Washington Redskins at the time. Maybe let's see. I don't know why I'm feeling that way, but I just feel that way about Kirk. Kirk Cousins, you're gonna die at this. His Michigan State record. Do you know what it is? <laughs> um, no, but I remember him at Michigan State, and he was not very. I don't. I didn't feel like he was very good. Um, 
What about five and four? It was 61 and 61. At Michigan State? Yes. He started that many games? Yes. How is that possible? Okay, so no, it was this was after a certain amount of games as well in the NFL. Okay. I was yep. going to say, there's no way you can start 122 games in college football, right? There's oh. only 15 each year. <laughs> <laughs> they, had me. they had me there in that article. I, it was a quick search. This article just says, the former Michigan State standout has a 61-61-2 record after 10 seasons. Okay. That's very believable. <laughs> yeah. That was earlier this year in this article. Okay. So he's batting about 500. Not now, dude. He's well over 500 after this year. Wow. Good for him. He's four games over 500 now. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Well, good. So we're lined up there. Maybe if you get that information on his best record ever, toss that out. But let's move on to our Sunday night football game. Our last game we'll wrap up here. The Chiefs versus the Chargers. This is the battle for the AFC West. If if the Chargers want to make a claim, that they are supposed to be in the playoffs in the in the battle for the AFC championship in the battle for a, a playoff spot in general they need to beat Kansas City at home uh Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey I I think Patrick Mahomes has looked great even when Travis Kelsey hasn't looked great these last couple of weeks he's found McCole Mecole Hardman on some of those sweet plays he's found Kadarius Tony in this last game he's just been distributing the ball really well and that concerns me for Justin Herbert I I know Keenan Allen may be back this week Mike Williams may be back this week but I am still very concerned about what Justin Herbert will do in this game yeah this this game to me it's going to be tough for I think Herbert to keep up with Mahomes because he's he still could potentially be missing the weapons um he's been used to having in prior years and the prior time prior battles they've had and Mahomes end of the day for me he is he's gonna have to do a lot really bad to lose the MVP like he's pretty much clear-cut the MVP at this point he, he's been like quietly been so good all year long and I I'm just upset I finally had was right about a um a preseason pick and I didn't do anything about it but it seemed like it was just like everybody was forgetting about him with the rest of the AFC West. And it just almost made too much sense that he would win the MVP this year. And he's been arguably as good as he's ever been. His granted, you didn't do anything about it. We both made the Mahomes pick. Yeah. But his odds weren't like great. I think it was like Josh Allen was one at like plus 200 and Mahomes was like plus 250 or something. It's it's true. It wasn't that, it, it wasn't that, uh, amazing of a uh of a a prop by any mean or like a pick by by us or any no it was an amazing pick by us come on give us the credit i thought you were trying to take credit away so i was running with that no just Uh, that you know it wasn't that like outlay of a yeah big huge prop that you would have won a ton of money on so you're good you're good a thousand percent percent. but yeah he he's just really good at football hag and i heard a stat this week that that said one out of every five games he plays, 20% of the time he plays, he has 300 yards and four touchdowns in the game. Wow. One out of every three? 
five. One out of every five. Oh, one out of every five. Like twenty percent of the games he's played, he's at three hundred yards and four touchdowns. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That, like that's that is like the, the almost the standard for him at that point. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, uh, I, I will be taking the Chiefs simply because I think the Chargers will be able to like their defense looked somehow, like we said, with the whole Sunday night football game, I knew the matchup was like just way too good for the 49ers to be true. They should have ran for 300 yards. They really didn't. Um, and I, I think like the, the attrition on defense for the Chargers, it will sort of align this week. Okay. I like that. I'm you're taking the chargers. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think I'm going to flip to the okay. chargers. This game was originally one of those afternoon games. And then they, they flexed it to be a Sunday night football game. Yes. And I don't know why. I think it's just for parody, but I'm going with the Sandy or the Los Angeles chargers right now. <laughs> Well, Daniel Tomlinson gonna come back. I hope he comes back. I hope they bring back Antonio Gates, Lede- LT, Junior Seau. Bring him back. Rip. Right, um, Sean Merriman. Yo, I forget about Sean Merriman. He had Lights like three out. good years in him. Lights out, baby. Um, I, I just Keenan McCardell. I'm okay. You're throwing out big names. <laughs> I just feel like this this Chargers team needs this win. I I feel like they get one of their receivers back, and that's really helpful for their offense. Yeah, and Herbert's able to, and 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 this Chiefs defense has some definite flaws in it. You know, they they have a, a few guys that can get to the quarterback, and not a super great back end. So we may see the Chargers exploit some of those flaws. And I think, honestly, this game will probably come down to like one or two of Brandon Staley's choices of going on like fourth and one. Or like, oh, we're at the 40-yard line. Like, I'm I'm not taking the field goal here. I feel like it's going to come down to something like that. And I guess I'm taking the Chargers. I hope he gets them right. I hope he gets those decisions right for the sake of an entertaining game. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's where we're going to end that. That's where we're going to end this segment. Why don't we move on and finish out our podcast here, Scooter? You're giving me the peace sign? No, I'm giving you the, the I'm raising my hand to speak. Oh, why don't I you speak? Kirk, I found Kirk Cousins record. That's okay. Right. Let's hear it. He was 10 and five in the 2019 season. His next best record, nine and seven. No way. <laughs> yep. Here's his records by year. 2014, 2 and 4. 2015, 9, 7, 8, 7, and 1, 7 and 9, 8, 7, and 1, 10 and 5, 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 8 and 1. Hagan, this is absolutely an anomaly. This is not real. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a complete anomaly. It is absurd. Where was he playing in 2019? Oh, he was in Minnesota. It was his second year there. Yeah, he was in Minnesota at that point. How how did they, he get they, a big contract in they, from Washington to they Minnesota? Played, they played that wild card game versus Saints, and then Jimmy G. They lost to Jimmy G. Where he threw like seven passes the whole game. 
Dude, I'm looking at his record right now. Do you know he was selected to the Pro Bowl in 2016 when the Redskins were 8-7-1? He he was shooting a 67% completion rate, but had almost 5,000 yards, 4,917 yards. 25 touchdowns, 12 INTs. And how are you 8-7-1 and and at that point? I don't know. You're playing for the Redskins, I guess. Huh. Okay. You're, well, throwing, you're throwing for a lot of yards because you're down a lot in those seven. <laughs> I guess that's that's talking Kirk Cousins right there, boys. Yeah, and I have no idea who those receivers were on that team. Let me tell you. Well, maybe I can figure that out. I might be able to get that 2016 Washington <laughs> Redskins team. I think Curtis Samuel was there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking it up right now. Roster and players. Kirk Cousins. Pierre Garcon. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, Vernon Davis. Yep. Young Trent Williams. Chris Thompson. Wow. Yep. Okay. Big time names. Yep. Big time names. Well, that's talking Kirk Cousins. We don't need to do that for the rest of the podcast. Why don't we finish out with a few things here? How about we talk about our MVP and sleeper, Scooter? I am the reigning champ of this. I'm the uh, self-proclaimed reigning champ of this. So you, I will start every, off this week. Every week you have been the reigning champ. So yeah, you should start. Off okay. Every- I'll start this week. We'll see how that goes. We might have to flip back if if we both do bad, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm going with Justin Fields as my MVP. Back to back weeks. Why not go back to the well? You know when something's what? What's that saying? When something's not broke, don't fix it. Yep, it's not broke. Justin Fields this week. I I don't know how I put this. Justin Fields is playing the Atlanta Falcons defense. I know they haven't allowed a ton of. Uh, like fantasy points or big numbers to these other quarterbacks. Besides I Joe th- Burrow. Yes. Okay. Besides Joe Burrow. Yeah. I just feel like the Atlanta defense is really not very good. I don't know how they're sticking in games. Yep. I'm going with Justin Fields. I just have to right now. No, it's, it's a good call. I've tried targeting players against the Atlanta defense and it, it usually works out for me. Um. Good pick. I'm. I. I will probably be riding that train with you as well. He. I think he's now the fourth or fifth highest DraftKings quarterback, which isn't yeah. good. Yeah, pain. Yeah, budget wise, yes. It, at one point, he was like the fourth or fifth lowest starting quarterback. It was great times. Yeah, there were like I think three New Orleans quarterbacks ahead of him. <laughs> Gotta love that. Gotta love that. My sleeper, I'm not as confident in. I haven't been confident in my sleeper the last couple of weeks. Mm. This one, I'm not again, but I'm willing to shoot my shot. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks and the Houston Texans are going to be facing the Washington Commanders. The Commanders coming off a high. Yes, they may get Chase Young back, but I think Cook gets a lot of looks in this game. Oh, and gets a quite a few receptions. If you're looking at him in fantasy wise, probably gets quite a few receptions. If you're looking at him like stats wise, I don't think he gets like 150 yards and two touchdowns or anything. But I I think sleeper wise, fantasy wise, Brandon Cooks could be a decent play this week. 
Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game is all I can think. (laughs) Big, big numbers, big sponsorships are going into this game for sure. A lot of I, a lot of big, two, two most passionate fan bases in, in all of football, really. Texans, Commanders. That's Left hand up, am I right? Left <laughs> hand up, who are we? The Commanders. <laughs> that's, see, that's why you got to take guys like that as your sleeper so nobody gets to see what they actually did. That's true. Then you can just make up stats for them. That's what I should start doing. Yeah, there you um, go. All right. I, yeah, yeah. I'm at a loss these past few weeks. I'll just, I'm not going to explain much about it because it's not like anything's going to come to fruition, but I'm going with CeeDee Lamb as my MVP. The Vikings give up the fifth most points per game to receivers, and they give up very big games to wide receiver ones that we've seen. We just most recently saw with DeAndre Hopkins um, when they play with the Cardinals. And I think like Dak and CD, they're going to take like the Justin Jefferson talk personally. Like they seem like they, those those type of guys where they're like, no, we're really, we're really the best wide receiver and quarterback core in the in the in the in the NFL. Um, so I think CD is going to have a big week like he did this past week, and then I'm going with Cortland Sutton, and I don't love it as my sleeper, but it's strictly because Jerry Judy is just gone, and I think Cortland Sutton, he's just going to be the only person Russell Wilson even looks for. So I like Cortland Sutton. I had my buddy Ben and I are in a fantasy league with all of his buddies. Yeah. And he traded me Cortland Sutton uh, and someone else, some running back that I really don't care about for Jimmy G and David Montgomery. And I, I'm high on Cortland Sutton this week. So I like that pick. Okay. Well, let's hope he, I wouldn't start him then. Let's, <laughs> if I'm picking him in sleeper, we know how my track record goes. Yeah. I'll probably actually start him. But if you're actually listening to this, don't start him. Don't start him there. Well, good. That pretty much wraps up the show, Scooter. Do you have any shout outs before we head out? I'm just going to shout out uh, back-to-back weeks. The world of college basketball is an exciting landscape. and We had the Champions Classic tonight. We teased it a little bit. But two crazy games. First game was a double overtime game. The Big O, your boy, he's back for another year to defend his wooden wooden um, award. Uh, the first player to do that since Tyler Hansbro. Wow. Um, come back to college basketball after winning that. The only other player has been Ralph Sampson from Virginia that has done that. So exciting times, not as, not as hype as I was last year, but because it's not as stacked at the top, but I think there will be even more parity this year. And I think the, the Houston Cougars that you may have may or may not have placed a wager on, they are my number one team to win the national championship in my eyes. Yeah. I've got some money on, on the Houston Cougars to win it all. Okay. Courtesy of Scott Gill's recommendation. Yep. So good. I like that. College basketball starting hot. What also is starting hot is the World Cup will be starting this Sunday, November 20th. Qatar versus Ecuador will be the first game. Maybe don't tune into that one. That won't be as an exciting of a game. But England (laughs) versus USA will be Monday afternoon here in the USA it will be an awesome game. Tune in. I will be doing a uh, World Cup preview podcast coming out here Saturday and potentially even doing some weekly podcasts outside of this podcast for the World Cup. So stay tuned for that. Get your World Cup news right then and there. I will absolutely be tuned in. I can't wait. Me neither. Look at us plugging both of our 
actual favorite sports is the best. Yeah, our actual backup favorite sports <laughs> first. Yes. Yes. Well, good. That wraps up this week. We hope you have a great week wherever you find yourself. You have a great week out there. We'll check you later. See ya. See ya.